Hello and hi. Welcome to another Slice of Sci-Fi. I'm Summer Brooks, and my guest today is writer-director Stephen Kostansky, who has gifted the world with the most sublimely, ridiculously fun <laughs> sci-fi horror film oh, I've seen in a while. Uh, PG, Psycho Gorman, is the feature we're talking about, uh, available from... RLJE Films, on demand in theaters and digital on January 22nd. Stephen, you wrote and directed this, this, this blissfully irreverent film. Tell me what, what caused you <laughs> to you. go down this road? <laughs> uh, I mean, I want to make a movie that kind of summarized my experiences as a kid watching movies, like from the video store era, specifically watching movies that I was a little too young to be watching. <laughs> and I sort of like unpacking some of the traumas of that. Uh, one example I like to give is like watching Terminator 2 at a really young age. And like on my, the one side of my brain is so excited about like purple lasers and chrome robots, but then the other side being dead by like security guards getting impaled through the eye and like guys getting their kneecaps shot at. Like, Coupling the like satisfying fantasy, like uh, like the imaginative uh, like sci-fi fantasy stuff, kind of deal with that and real life consequences was really like messed up my brain as a kid, and so I wanted to do something with that where it's like make a movie like like basically a kids movie for adults where it's got kind of like both those things mashed together. I want to try and like kind of deal with a story that has the whimsy and fun of something for kids, but then also had dark, brutal consequences at the same time. And like, jumping back and forth between those two things uh, seemed like a, like a fun adventure to go on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As someone, as someone who saw both Jaws and the Omen at way too young an age, I understand <laughs> where you're coming from with that. And, the the eighty so the eighties feel of the movie was intentional because as soon as that uh, that the background music kicked in I'm like I'm in an eighties video store. <laughs> oh, eighties and definitely like in, in just in the look like I wanted to bleed a little into the nineties as well. Uh, I mean, early nineties a lot of that stuff felt like it was from the mid to early eighties anyway. But uh, yeah, like I wanted that video store vibe. Like I wanted this to feel like something that would be on the shelf that, you know, I don't know, would be sitting like a few boxes away from, I don't know, Ghostbusters or something. <laughs> like, Oh, this looks kind of wacky. Let's, let's, let's do this for Friday night. Cause I, I don't know. There's just something about like that kind of movie I'm not seeing anymore. I, I feel like there's like a certain genre of like sci-fi action that just doesn't exist. That has like that kind of Power Rangers vibe. There's nothing really like it out there. It's like superhero movies have really just totally wiped the landscape clean. And I miss like just low budget weird stuff, like like Full Moon Productions or like oh, wow. Empire. Stuff. Basically anything anything that like Charles Band was doing in the 80s and 90s. I just want more of that. And so that was my excuse for making PG. It was like, I want to fill that spot on the video store show that is sitting empty right now. I'm thinking evil Power Rangers with the with the, the splashy gore fest of uh, like 
early, early, really, really low budget horror movies where it was cheaper to just throw the bucket of blood from off off camera. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, we definitely did that a few times. I could tell. I could tell. Now, whereas was the 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 coordination of the practical effects. I'm guessing that was intentional too, because the costumes were gloriously overwrought, and the practical effects on the the gory sections was just hilarious to me. Yeah, well, I just wanted it to feel very theatrical. Like, I didn't want to leave any room for subtlety in this movie, because <laughs> I feel like every genre movie now is like... Like, don't get me wrong, I love, like, Hereditary and those types of movies. Like, there is a, a lot of really good horror stuff coming out right now, but I feel like for that stuff to land, I want the over-the-top stuff, too. Like, I want the Evil Dead 2s and the Army of Darknesses. And so I, I committed to, like, going bold with everything. Like, I wanted to feel, if anything, like, feel like a Japanese Super Sentai show. Like, like you know, what Power Rangers technically comes from. Like, that kind of theatricality where it's all about being bold and iconic and not about subtlety anyway. So I applied that logic to the whole thing. Nice. Well, I don't want to give anything away to people who are looking forward to a just a silly, fun experience with a bucket of popcorn. But what what did you have in mind for casting? And I I have to say that this is going directly, directly toward uh, Nita's performance. Oh, well. Like, with the kids on this movie, we really lucked out. Like, we could not have asked for a better cast. And, like, Nita, Owen, and Scout, just they all nailed their roles so perfectly. It was a big concern going into this movie. Everybody was like, yeah, this is a fun script, but, like, it hinges on finding good kids. And so it was a real, like, nerve-wracking casting process because we were like, if this doesn't work, like, if we can't find these kids, like, this movie is basically dead in the water. But... Nita was one of the first auditions that we got, like in our first round of self tapes. And I could just see there was just something about her that I liked. Like she, there's a level of professionalism that I felt like we needed this actor to have. Like we needed our Mimi to become prepared to be engaged. And I could tell Nita had that, like she had prior experience with theater and dance and music and like She's a real go-getter. She does a ton of stuff. She's very multi-talented. And I knew I wanted that on the movie. Like, I I was worried we were going to find a kid that was, like, great in the self-tape but super timid in person and, like, couldn't handle being around, like, a crew of 50 to 100 people. So that drew me to Nita immediately. And after talking to her, like, and doing repeated auditions with her, it became clearer and clearer that, like, she was already the character, like it didn't take a whole lot to push her in that direction. She has that personality already, which is fantastic. And the same applies to like Owen and Scout as well. Like they, they basically came like ready to go, which was awesome. Like, and they all bonded and like even off camera were basically just playing the roles. Like it, it, you could not have asked for a better scenario with the kids. And Nita like knocked it out of the park and really, like she knew the movie better than anyone else because of her theater <laughs> background. Like she had, she had the script memorized. So I would show up on set being like, "What are we doing?" And she would be telling me like, "Oh, we're on this scene." So 
I mean, that's a level of professionalism you don't expect from a trial actor. So, yeah, I, I feel like she's got a, a bright future ahead of her in acting because she did fantastic on this film. Definitely, definitely. I mean, the, the chemistry between Nita and Owen, his brother and sister, was delightful because at that age, you are basically trying to torment your sibling because they're there. But she, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I have to stand up and like golf clap because her performance was Olympic level scene chewing that I have not seen yeah. in years. That was a delight to watch. She she took that role and the selfish, slightly psychotic. I have this toy and I'm going to play with it mindset to a new level. And I was, I was cracking up every time she started expounding. I'm like, yeah, this is scene chewing gold right here. <laughs> oh, totally. Well, I mean, it, and it's some of it comes down to the writing as well. Like I just, the movie came together for me when I realized like we need a character that stands up to PG. Like, Kids in movies, they irritate me because I find they're all just these kind of like wide-eyed spectators and they're all innocent. And it's like, but I want somebody with personality and energy and, yeah, like as psychotic as PG is. And, yeah, Nita really like took that to another level. And, like, you believe that she would stand up to this evil monster man and not bat an eye over it, like... I, like imagining anybody else playing the role, but the movie doesn't even like it just doesn't line up. It's and like Mimi and her relationship with PG like is so much the heart of the movie, and Nita just a hundred percent sells it. It 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 is a little bit about family discovering that they have a bond and learning how to acknowledge that bond for what it is in their particular little set of family dynamics and oh yeah we have an intergalactic uh space crazy here who has helped us see the light sorry you just called it intergalactic space crazy because i like that uh yeah run with that that's 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 uh, okay I'm, that... gonna, I'm taking that it's fine now <laughs> <laughs> i love it so uh how long was it between writing this and getting the production started? It was not long. I mean, I finished on Leprechaun Returns uh, spring of 2018. I got back. I started kind of riffing on ideas in my head and just I came up with this idea of like, oh, what if there's like an evil alien warlord has to team up with some kids and go on an adventure? So I hammered out a treatment, which bafflingly is like, pretty much beat for beat what the movie ended up being. Like, the structure did not change very much from my initial treatment to the final script. But I sent off that treatment, and everybody loved it. And aside from the apprehension of, like, you got to find kids, it was still like, yeah, we got to make this movie. And so, I, luckily, I'd hooked up with some very generous financiers who uh, were, like, committed to just letting me make the movie I wanted to make, which is a once-in-a-lifetime scenario. And... Uh, yeah, they, they pulled the trigger immediately and were like, write the script, we're going to start shooting this November. So 
it, I had a few months to hammer it out. And like, while I was doing that, I was already building creatures and stuff. So I was like, we got to get to work on this thing immediately. Uh, so it, it was a bit of a scramble. Was, you know, would have been nice to maybe have another year to just kind of flesh things up. But then at the same time, I think like there's something, something extra creative about the spontaneity of just diving into a thing that uh, I think gives it its charm. So, yeah, it was a bit of a rush. We split the shooting up into two blocks. So it was like one block was uh, November 2018, and then spring of 2019 was block two, which was with all the principal cast and our kid actors and everything. And so it was just a way of kind of breaking up the creature build because there's so much stuff in the movie that building it all in one go would have been insane. So we had to split it up and space things out to give the team at Masters Effects time to... Uh, construct everything and get it ready for set. So, cool. yeah, it was a kind of a weird scenario all around. Uh, definitely a one one of a kind uh, movie making <laughs> situation that I doubt I'll, I'll ever have again. Well, don't don't say never because I I for one I want to know. Do you have more crazy sci-fi movies? At least thinking about it because we could use some more silly, fun science fiction concepts. Oh, yeah. I mean, this, this is what I'm going to do until somebody forces me to stop. <laughs> so whether I have, like, a generous financier supporting me or if I try to do it through a studio or if I'm literally just doing stop motion in my apartment, I will I'll figure it out. I'm just going to keep making shit because that's what I love to do. So, yeah, this is definitely... <laughs> not a one and done thing i'm gonna keep going awesome awesome now uh where where can people find you online to keep up with your next projects uh i have a instagram that's uh kill underscore kostansky which is <laughs> my uh like work account where i post all of my behind the scenes effects photos and movie stuff and so yeah if people want to check out my work that's the place to go Nice. You got any 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 cool behind the scenes shots for PG? Oh yeah, yeah. This is, I've been posting PG stuff for the past week, so nice. it's a good place to go check it out. Excellent, excellent. Well, Stephen, thank you so so much for your time. This is a a delightfully fun distraction from the world we find ourselves in these days. Well, I'm I'm glad to hear that it's it's lining up with people and that it's a, a little bit of fun absurd fun uh yeah to break up you know the monotony of uh pandemic winter so yeah i, I hope uh, i hope it brings a, a little bit of fun into people's lives i do too i'm i'm hoping people will hear this interview and go check out psycho gorman for themselves uh should be available now in theaters on demand and digital at your nearest streaming digital vod retailer again Stephen Kostansky writer director of PG Psycho Gorman thank you sir for your time today thank you very much for having me great talking and we'll be back with more slice of sci-fi right after this Escape Pod is your destination for the best in modern short science fiction. 
Our intrepid crew of editors and hosts will bring you fun, thought-provoking in-flight entertainment every week as the pod careens around the multiverse. In the mood for a classic? We've got Anson Mount, also known as Captain Christopher Pike, reading Theodore Sturgeon. Want something a little more up-to-date? Jennifer R. Donahue's surveillance fatigue has you covered, in every sense. From classic space opera to intimate character drama, from heroic alien pets waiting for their families, to herds of Einsteins and the benevolent conspiracy they're hatching, Escape Pod has it all. Take a ride with us at escapepod.org and buckle up, because it's story time. This is Kevin Murphy from Mystery Science Theater 3000 and Rift Tracks, and you have bitten off a nice big chunk of slice of sci-fi. And yes, I will be keeping my eye out for more indie, budget, sci-fi, or sci-fi horror hybrids. Psycho Gorman really is just a a throwback to everything about the 80s, especially the late 80s that we enjoyed. There's, you know, the, the driving almost disco music that's not quite in there, definitely electronic. There's... Uh, live music montages there's a little bit of uh identifiable wardrobe styles <laughs> shall we say and just silliness all around silliness from beginning to end uh so yeah go check out psycho gorman at your nearest digital retailer and hopefully we can have a few more of those coming along this year. Not sure how many sci-fi or sci-fi action or horror action we will see this year because some productions were delayed, some productions were canceled, pushed, all sorts of things because 2020 was, let's face it, a cursed year. For, for many people. And entertainment has had to adjust for that. Our choices of entertainment will have to adjust. Uh, really strange thing. NBC is going to be getting rid of their sports network, which means, for me anyway, soccer is going to be moving who knows where. Premier League. I like the Premier League. I, I noticed something weird. There's a silly show that was on USA called Wipeout that seems to have moved to TBS because there was nothing but commercials for TV for that show while I was watching uh, Marvel movies last week. I don't understand all these things jumping around. And Paramount Plus should be starting soon. And I have not seen... Everything that Paramount Plus will be having in their uh, in their entertainment bucket, so to speak. But when the Paramount Network changed and went from showing reruns to showing Paramount movies, they I it's I swear it's like one weekend a month they show all of the Indiana Jones movies, and that's 
not so bad, but it's all the time. They don't show a whole lot of variety on Paramount Network. So what kind of variety are we going to see on Paramount Plus? I don't know. Adding Paramount Plus to the options that are already out there, like Peacock and Disney Plus and Amazon Prime and Netflix and Hulu. There's only so much you can spend your time on before you get back to where you were before, 500 channels on your cable box. And it's going to end up being as expensive as having 500 channels on your cable box because they're trying to get people back into the fold. But I'm not in a rush to sign up for Disney+. Plus. I'm really not. And Peacock has some great stuff, great reruns on their free tier. But I'm not paying for that $4.99 tier because it's not that much added to that except for the sports. Hulu, I have HBO, the HBO add-on for Hulu. So I get HBO Max, which means I get to watch Babylon 5 again. Ooh-ah. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if the TNT-owned Babylon 5 properties ever end up because they were technically Warner Brothers productions, but they aired on TNT, which is why we haven't seen Crusade or any of the movies in reruns. What's going to happen with those? Because I'd really like to watch Crusade again. But yes, watching Babylon 5 again through HBO Max, and there will be joy in my life again. <laughs> but tell me, what are you watching for streamers? Are you watching broadcast? Are you watching like the over-the-air HD on the independent channels like, uh, uh, what is it, Start and Comet TV? Because Comet TV is rerunning Ray Bradbury Theater and Twilight Zone in the morning, so that's awesome. And what about the other services? Which ones could you not wait to get to? Which ones are you watching all the time? Which ones don't you want to be bothered with? Let me know. Shoot me an email. Summer at sliceofsci-fi.com or, you know, hit me up on Twitter. Maybe I'll ask the question on Twitter. We'll see. Anyway, you can listen to Slice of Sci-Fi on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Player FM, and iHeartRadio. And if you're listening on Apple or Stitcher, please leave us a review. Let people know that you are enjoying the show and maybe, maybe they should check it out for themselves. You can follow us on Twitter, like I said, at Slice of Sci-Fi. And yeah, I will answer questions about science fiction, about horror, about uh, TV writing, about screenwriting, about music every now and then. I follow a couple of Prince accounts and I will retreat cool stuff. Uh, I follow Consequence of Sound. They occasionally have some really, really good uh, news. 
I follow the 98 Rock Twitter account, 98 Rock in Baltimore. Every now and then they have a news item that comes across that's pretty cool. Uh, what else do I do? I definitely talk soccer and I definitely talk baseball. The next holiday for me, February 15th, Pitchers and Catchers Report. So if you want to talk baseball, we can talk baseball. And I definitely talk baseball over at the Babylon Podcast Twitter account because baseball was very integral part <laughs> of that show. Uh, and you can come on over to the website, sliceofsci-fi.com. We have more interviews for you, more reviews for you. Hopefully we'll be coming along. Uh, got some comic book writers, graphic novel writers and artists lined up to talk to about some of the groundbreaking storytelling going on over there. A lot of uh, indie comics publishers out there putting out awesome stories that you should definitely be checking out. Port of Earth, go check it out. Uh, Sarah and the Royal Stars, go check that out. I have a list. You'll hear that later. This show and the websites that run the podcasts in the Slice of Sci-Fi universe stay online because of your help, your donations, your pledges. And for that, I am thankful. I am grateful to all of you who are supporting if you would like to add your support, the place to go is patreon.com slash slice of sci-fi. Make a pledge, you get eligible for a perk. Every month I pick a name, an email address out of the hat, and that person can pick a Blu-ray, a DVD, a book as a prize. And that is my way of thanking you all for your support and also making space here for the new stuff that keeps coming in. Uh, if you do want to help, but don't want to commit to a monthly pledge, the link to use is paypal.me slash sci-fi summer. And again, thank you all of you for your support. And that will do it for this episode. Thank you all for listening. We will be back with more Slice of Sci-Fi next week. Take care. Mm -hmm.